Hello and welcome to Medical Debt Collection Bootcamp, Collect Successfully and Legally in 2023, um, brought to you today by IC System. I am one of two presenters on the webinar today. My name is Michelle Dove. I am the General Counsel and Chief Compliance Officer at IC System, and I will be joined shortly by Christina Gursky, IC Systems Director of Healthcare Client Success and our resident healthcare expert. Before we start, I just have to give the disclaimer. I am an attorney, I'm not your attorney, and nothing in this presentation is intended as legal advice. Um, so everything you hear is for informational purposes only. But if you have questions or want more information, please contact either me or Christina or anyone at IC System, we're happy to um, talk with you more about medical debt collection. Here is an overview of the agenda for today's presentation. We do have time at the end for questions. Um, so if you'd like to submit your questions in the um, Q&A chat, please do so. And Christina, Christina and I will be going through and um, trying to answer as many as we can here during our one hour time. So just to get started, um, I, I just want to introduce IEC System. We are a debt collection agency, and we specialize in healthcare collections. Um, but a lot of you may be wondering, why use a collection agency? Um, what is the benefit? And I would say there's a number of benefits. Uh, primarily, or first of all, um, IEC System considers itself experts in debt collection and specifically in healthcare debt collection. Um, we are trained in the law, we specialize in healthcare collection, we collect in all 50 states. Um, there are a number of federal, state, and municipal regulations that govern debt collection, and there are, um, as of recently, there are a number of state statutes that govern healthcare collection um, by state. And so it's really important to understand the lay of the land, understand the rules and regulations, and we always tell clients, if you don't do collections right, it's a really good way to throw good money after bad. And by that, I mean you as a provider are already starting out with a medical debt. So you're already owed for services provided. If you don't collect debt properly, even as a creditor, you may be subject to state and federal and municipal um, laws that maybe you weren't even aware of. And so it's really important to partner with an agency or an attorney, um, any type of an expert that understands medical debt collection now more than ever. I think following the pandemic, um, state legislators and federal legislators are really looking at ways to protect patients um, from what they see as unfair billing practices. And so I'm sure you're hearing it in the news just like we are, but um, regulation of the healthcare collection industry, or I guess, yeah, industry practices uh, is very popular right now politically. And so it's really important to partner with the right agency and make sure that you're maximizing your recoveries. At IC System, we have about 350 trained um, financial representatives and the training consists of about 90 days of 30 days of classroom and um, development training and then followed by like a 60 day, I'd say on the floor practical training um, so that the first 90 days, we're really getting our representatives familiar with all of the regulations and best practices. We want to make sure that anytime we talk to your patients, we are respecting your brand and we are aware of um, preserving your rep reputation. We know that you are serving clients in your neighborhood, in your area, and it's really important that we present, um, present you in your best image and present IC system always in its best in its best light. And so we spend a lot of time on testing and training. Um, in fact, every IC employee is tested and trained twice a year from our newest hire to our CEO. And so people have different feelings about that, but we feel like it's very important to make sure that we are keeping up with our testing and training. The rules change quickly. And so in order to make sure that we are providing the most up-to-date testing and training, we are in an ongoing um, training process. Another benefit of a collection agency are all the tools that are available to us. Um, you know, we talk about skip tracing. I would say 
Skip tracing is really a fancy way to describe all of our efforts to make sure that we have the most up-to-date patient information. We all know that patients and consumers, we see them, and then before we're able to collect the debts or get paid on the bills, they move, they change cell phone numbers, they change jobs. And so IC system has a number of tools that we use to try to obtain the most up-to-date patient information. And then when our clients request it, we can certainly share that information back to the healthcare provider. Um, you know, our providers wanna have the most updated information too. So skip tracing is one very effective tool. It's hard to um, get paid on debts if you can't talk to the patient. So skip tracing is really kind of step one. Um, credit reporting, we're gonna talk a lot about credit reporting today. And my guess is that a lot of you have been hearing about credit reporting and changes in the credit reporting rules, um, especially concerning healthcare debt. So we're gonna talk a little bit about the changes and separate some of the myth from the facts. And then credit monitoring is a tool that IC System uses for its clients that alerts um, IC System, and then we can share that information with our clients, but alerts us to any changes in the, in the patient's um, ability to pay. So for instance, a new job, a significant purchase, things that, um, information that comes back to IC system and indicates, well, maybe the patient wasn't able to pay six months ago, but there's been a significant financial change. So it might be worth another call or letter today um, just to circle back and see if they are able to satisfy that healthcare debt. Um, the final reason, I think there's a lot of reasons, but the reasons we're talking about today uh, to use a collection agency really is the the ability that IC has to assist your um, administrators, your back office in getting these payments. Um, you know, <laughs> we know that our healthcare provider clients are really good at providing healthcare services. So let us take some of that administrative collection burden off your plate. Our reps are trained to talk with patients about EOBs and insurance billing issues, um, answer questions, um, address disputes, and ultimately get to the resolution of the account. So we're experts in collection. You're experts in healthcare. Let's partner together and maximize recoveries. Um, collection agency myths. So <laughs> when people think about collection agencies, they maybe think of a big tough guy with brass knuckles and a hairy chest who's going to come to your house and bully you about paying debts. Um, and if that's what you think about collection agencies, I would tell you that it's that couldn't be further from the truth. We are very heavily regulated, and so compliance and professionalism are so important to IC system and really to any um, collection agency that you work with. It, it, it You just can't really survive in this industry unless you're focused on compliance. Um, and so, you know, there's this myth that collection agencies are the Wild West, we're harassing people, and in fact, well, first of all, it's illegal. Um, the FDCPA is our federal regulation that says we have to be nice to people. And you don't have to tell us. We're, I would say we're already nice to people. But um, there is federal regulation that tells us how to collect, how to talk to consumers, when we can talk to consumers. And on top of that, we have all of our patient-friendly training. So we train our representatives how to um, be respectful, how to be empathetic during phone calls, how to ask questions and answer questions. It's really important um, in the payment cycle, the more the patient understands about their bill and about how insurance works and how billing works, the more likely they are to pay. We know that. And so we really go out of our way to teach our representatives um, about insurance, about healthcare collections, so that they can then pass that information on to patients uh, to ensure that our reps are always friendly and helpful we have a CSAT survey that we deploy on every phone call. And so at the end of the phone call, um, the rep is moved off the call and the patient is able to provide honest feedback for about the call, about the experience. And IEC system, our score typically, I think over the last three or four years that we've been doing it is 4.9 out of five. And I know you're thinking, well, <laughs> sounds like you're grading yourselves, um, but we're not. It, the consumers are giving us five out of five on was was the call helpful? Did you understand? Um, they're giving us positive feedback. And any call that doesn't pass is re referred to our call 
monitoring department and review to make sure that our rep was helpful and friendly and maybe just the consumer didn't get that payment outcome that they wanted. But um, in all cases, it's very important us to make sure that we are respectful of our patients and always helpful on every call. Another myth about collection agencies is that we are constantly calling, making your phone ring during dinner, sending you letters, knocking on your door. Um, that isn't true either. There are a number of federal and state regulations that limit the number of attempts we can make in a given week um, and sometimes in a given month to try to collect a debt. We are entirely compliant with that. So if we talk to a patient on Monday, we won't even try to contact them again for another seven days. Um, you know, they can certainly call us if they need more help or more information, but our calls, our letters, our contacts, all of those are limited to ensure that we're never harassing or um, burdening a patient. Another myth is that, um, and I wish this one was true, uh, is that any account placed will be 100% collected. So if you place a debt for $100, we're gonna collect $100 and send it back. Um, unfortunately, the liquidation rates on debts placed are much lower than 100%, um, but they will vary. They're gonna vary by the amount of the debt, by the type of the debt. Um, healthcare, collect, healthcare debts collect differently than credit card debts or telco debts. Um, they'll differ by the where the consumer lives. Um, there, there's a lot of factors. So even though it's not 100% recovery, we can, you know, once we can work with our clients to try to give them an estimated liquidation on accounts placed, um, sadly, it won't be 100%, but we certainly can work with you to try to evaluate your debt and give you an idea of what the liquidation could be. Um, another myth is that old debts are just as easy to collect as young debts, and we know that's not true. Um, debts are most collectible within the first, I'd say, three to six months after they're due. Um, the more time that goes by after that due date, that date of first delinquency, the harder it is to collect the debt. And so you, and that's for a number of reasons, right? People move, um, they forget about the debt. There's just a lot of reasons, but every month that goes by, I would say the debt becomes a little bit harder to collect. And so, you know, if you have accounts that are sitting on your shelf, move them to collections. If it's not with IC system, move them somewhere and um, start working those debts. The other consideration there is, if it is an older debt, there are tools available, like the credit monitoring that we talked about earlier, credit reporting, there are still tools. So I certainly don't want to suggest that just because the debt's nine months old, two years old, um, three years old, it's not collectible. Um, it's just the strategy and the expected liquidation are gonna change. And the earlier you move your debt into collection, I think the more likely you are to actually collect it. Um, this next bullet, no out-of-pocket cost is a myth. It's sort of a myth and it's sort of not. We There are a lot of different collection products that agencies will offer you. And so if you are not interested in incurring any out-of-pocket collection costs, um, a contingent product might be better for you. Some clients just wanna pay for a few letters to be sent. Um, that's perfectly fine too. There's different mixes. You can pay for certain products like credit monitoring. Um, there's lots of different pricing options. So don't let costs, you know, I think some clients or prospective clients think, well, I don't wanna incur money to try to collect money. Um, that shouldn't be a hurdle if you're thinking about collections, you know, contact IC system or contact your collection agency and talk about different options. Um, there certainly are a number of different ways to try to collect debt and um, it, it's gonna vary based on volumes and the amount of the, the debt and the age of the debt. So there's lots of options. The last myth, um, and, and hopefully this isn't really a, a widely believed myth, um, but that debt collection results are immediate. Sometimes they are. Sometimes you place an account and you are able to collect the account within 30 days or you know less. Um, oftentimes it's gonna be a couple months until you collect and sometimes it's gonna be a few years. And so when you're thinking about the collection cycle, it's not instant gratification. Um, there's certainly, there's some timing, you have to have a little patience, but um, in the end, placing those debts for collection it's not, you know, you've got to wait it out, but it's, it's worth it.
it's certainly worth it. So what kind of, we kind of talked about what you can't do. You can't harass, you can't, um, you know, overly contact, you can't contact a consumer at an inconvenient time or place. Um, but some of the things that an agency can do for you include tiering or scoring. Um, I had to look this up, but or I had to do some math, which is scary when you're a lawyer. But um, IC system has been collecting debts for 86 years, more than 86 years. And I verified with our finance that our data warehouse, our analytics data, or the data that our analytics department uses to um, formulate strategies contains more than a billion accounts. And so, or excuse me, we've collected more than a billion accounts. So I don't want you to think that we have a billion accounts in our warehouse that might crash the whole system. But over 86 years, we know that we've collected at least a billion accounts. And that's important because I think the data that we use to that drives our collection strategies, it varies um, by region, it varies by market. Um, lately, it has varied a lot um, by post-COVID versus pre-COVID. Um, you know, the outcomes are looking very different now after 2020. But we have all of this data that we're using every day to determine um, how many phone calls to make, how many letters to send, what time of the day should we be calling patients. Um, right now, I was just talking to our ops VP this morning and he said, we are trying out a time of day um, tool that will tell us this consumer is more likely to be reachable in the morning and this consumer is more likely to be reachable in the afternoon. Um, right now we're varying our calling times, but there's a lot of strategy that goes into collecting debts. And so we rely on our data warehouse and all of our decades of experience to kind of drive that strategy. Skip tracing, we've talked about a little bit, but just various tools that are available to IC system to get the most up-to-date contact information. If you can't find a consumer, you're never gonna get them to pay. And so we have a lot of skip tracing tools at our disposal that we use to maximize recovery. Um, letters and email. So, you know, collection agencies send a lot of letters, millions of letters, and make a lot of phone calls. Um, we now in 2022 are relying more on email and soon we'll be in deploying text as a collection tool. That's very exciting. Um, last year, the CFPB, which is a federal department that regulates debt collection, um, issued Reg F, we're gonna talk about that later too, uh, but Reg F really talks about using email and text to collect debts. And we know that consumers, especially younger consumers, debtors, um, they really want to rely on their phones to communicate. And so getting them to answer a landline is never gonna happen. Um, getting them to open mail is getting tough, but getting them to read a text or respond to an email, now we're talking. And so IAC system has really deployed a lot of resources in 2022 to start using that, tech, that technology. And you're probably thinking it's 2022, you're not texting. Um, but there's a lot of risk around this just because of all the federal regulation. And so our historically IC system is very conservative. We're not going to be the first to use a new technology because there's risk until we know how it works. Um, and we're not gonna be the last, but we, we want to move slowly and carefully. We don't wanna create any risk for our company or of course for our clients. So um, letters and emails are good tools. Importantly, once you talk to a patient, if you're a debt collector, once you talk to a patient, you have to send them a validation notice and it includes all of the rights that the patient has, a description of rights. Um, and recently under Reg F, if you want a credit report an account, you have to send the consumer a written communication that can be by email now too, or text, um, but you have to do that ahead of credit reporting. And so um, there's a lot, again, there's a lot of rules around these strategies, but they're all very effective. Um, of course, we make calls. Uh, we have a call center of 350 people, and so we're calling all day and into the evening. Um, and so along with making calls, we need to make sure that we're calling at the appropriate times and not too often and um, in compliance with the TCPA, Telephone Consumer Protection Act, um, which just restricts calls to cell phones and calls using automatic telephone dialing systems. So I think I'm getting too much into the weeds, so I will step back on that a little bit. Um, another effective tool, credit reporting. I know a lot of you have been hearing about changes in credit reporting law, and so it, we've had clients 
reach out to IAC system and say, oh, credit reporting is making me nervous, all of this new legislation, not sure what to make of it. Um, well, that's okay. We know what to make of it. So if you're interested in credit reporting as a collection tool and it's legal in your state, it's not legal in every state, um, we certainly can help walk you through that and talk about the benefits of credit reporting because especially on older debt, um, there are a lot of benefits. And so that is a very effective tool. Same with credit monitoring. If you know the financial situation has changed, that's a very effective tool. And then legal practices. Um, some healthcare clients, I'd say, are more inclined to pursue litigation or pre-litigation strategies than others. Um, you know, we've had healthcare clients that have said, no, we're not interested in suing patients, and I understand the business reasons for that. And we've also had healthcare clients in the same state say, we aren't interested in doing business with you unless you are willing to pursue a litigation strategy. So different clients certainly have different um, you know, tolerance thresholds, I'd say, around litigation. Um, but that, again, is something that we would be very happy to talk through um, with you. You know, just explore it a little bit. It's not for everyone, but it, it is certainly an, an effective um, collection tool. So credit reporting medical debt. I, you know, in our industry, we I hear about this all the time. I'm not sure if you're hearing about it on the provider side, but there are some pretty material changes to credit reporting, and I just wanted to go over them quickly. Um, two rules that took effect earlier this year are the first, any paid medical debt needs to be removed from a patient's credit report. IC system has been removing paid accounts for a long time, um, just because our feeling is once an account has been paid, it doesn't really benefit the provider or IC system to keep that on a patient's um, credit report. and so. I guess maybe we are ahead of the curve, but now the bureaus are requiring that once an, a healthcare account has been paid, it needs to be removed from the patient's um, credit report. Another change is that no healthcare account can be reported until 365 days past the date of first delinquency. And so this date of first delinquency, if you're familiar with credit reporting any debt, um, the date of first delinquency is really a key date it's 30 days after the debt first went past due. And so calculating that date is gonna set a lot of deadlines for future credit reporting activities. Um, but again, you know, work with your agency, work with your attorney to calculate that date. Getting it right is very important. Um, and now that date, that for data first delinquency is going to make your debt ineligible to credit report until one year has passed from that date. The final upcoming change is in March of 2023. I would say allegedly. Um, we haven't seen the final um, the final rule yet, but what we are expecting is that at the end of March, um, any debt that is less than $500 will not be eligible to report. So the, this is a rule that's been issued by Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. Um, we understand that the CFPB may have been influential in this rule as well. Um, but if you have a debt less than $500, it's not going to be eligible to credit report. So there are different ways, you know, some debts, if it's one date of service, perhaps um, it can get you over that $500 threshold. But, you know, again, work with IC system or your legal counsel to try to figure out if your debt is eligible or not. Um, I started out saying allegedly March of 23, I would say it seems likely that it will be Mar in March of 23, but these dates have moved. Um, the other, the other, I guess, part of this rule that I'm not entirely confident in is the $500. We haven't seen the rule, and so $500 was the initial amount. Um, it could be $200. I kind of doubt it's going to be lower. It could be $1,000. We're just not really sure yet, but for now, we're planning on $500, and um, I guess we... We'll just have to wait and see what the final rule is. Okay, this is my last slide, so you only have to listen to me for a few more minutes. Um, but some other things that I would say our providers need to be aware of, and again, you know, we hear, Christine and I hear so much about these changes within the industry, and so I know our providers are familiar with the No Surprises Act. Um, but some of the other changes, Regulation F, Safeguards Rule, and then the state laws, if you're not hearing about that, I would reach out to your collection agency. I would reach out to IC System. Um, I think when you're selecting a collection agency partner, 
you need to make sure that they're talking with you about the rules and the changes and keeping you informed because these changes, they come at you quickly. And if you're not staying on top of the changes, I, I think you're creating a lot of risk um, for your, your hospital, your clinic, um, for your patients. So um, just these are a few of them. Again, not legal advice and not entirely comprehensive, but I just wanted to hit on some of them. No Surprises Act, I'm sure this is not new to anyone on the call, um, but it's just really talking about out-of-network um, facilities and providers and balance billing and how we need to be informing patients of their obligation before, during, and after services are provided. This, you know, as a lawyer, I would say when I read the No Surprises Act, it doesn't apply to collection agencies. It doesn't really call out collection agencies. Um, so if you want to argue with lawyers about who's defined, who's covered um, within this legislation, I would say it's not collection agencies. But I can tell you in practice that regulators um, have found ways to apply the No Surprises Act to collection agencies. So we have dealt with regulators that have said to IC System, well, have you verified with your providers that they're complying with the No Surprises Act? Have you reviewed the notices they're sending to patients? I don't necessarily know that we're obligated to be you know, checking up on our provider clients. Um, however, we are going out of our way to work with our provider clients just to make sure they're aware of the requirements of the No Surprises Act. You may not be subject to the act, um, but I would say that we're probably not doing our job if we're not at least having those conversations. Uh, Regulation F became effective about a year ago. This was a huge change for collection agencies within healthcare and outside of healthcare. It really is the first, I'd say, material legislation under the FDCPA that we've seen, I don't know, in 40 some years. And this changed the look of our initial notice. Um, this told us we can't talk to a consumer more than seven times in seven days. And if we have a contact, we have to wait seven days to talk with them. Um, there are a number that we have to send a letter before we can credit report. There are a number of rules that were issued as a part of Regulation F. I, my feeling is Regulation F is great. Uh, you know, there's parts of it that I don't like, um, but to me, the CFPB finally gave us the rules and we've been collecting for decades and not really sure of what the rules were. And now we have rules. And so for me as a compliance officer, just tell me the rules and I'll make sure that we follow them. Up until November of 21, we didn't really have clear rules. So is Reg F perfect? No, <laughs> it's not perfect, um, but it's a start and I think you know, it, it'll get better, case law will develop, that will kind of continue to guide us on this. But now we've got the government telling us how to email and how to text, so these are all good developments. The safeguard rule really applies more to financial services institutions, so I'm not gonna talk about it too much other than to say a collection agency is a financial services institution underneath the safeguard rules. So even though it may not apply to you as a provider. Um, it probably applies to your vendors, some of your vendors, and certain to your, certainly to your collection agencies. Um, this rule was scheduled to become effective in 2022, and then very, very shortly before the effective date, um, it got punted out to June of 23. So that happens, these rules get moved and these deadlines get moved, but um, if you're not talking to your financial services institution vendors today about safeguard rules and just making sure that they're aware and compliant or ready for compliance, I certainly would recommend that. We're almost done, I promise. Um, so, and then finally, state laws. The states are getting very, very active in issuing healthcare legislation, and I think I think it was a long time coming and then it was just really exacerbated or sped up um, as a result of the pandemic. Consumers, patients have a lot more debt than they used to. Um, a lot of people had a lot of unexpected um, medical bills incurred as a result of the pandemic and politicians are paying attention. And so, you know, just some of the recent changes, Arizona voters um, just in this past election um, voted to restrict or limit interest rates on medical debt. And so that's just an example in Arizona. If you're adding interest to medical debt, 
in Arizona pay attention to the new um, law in Nevada as a result of the pandemic. So I think this has probably been in place for about 18 months. Um, in Nevada, you have to send a patient a letter, an agency has to send a patient a letter 60 days before you attempt to collect the debt. And so not only do we have to send the letter, so it's like 61 cents to send it, um, it has to be sent by certified or registered mail. And so that's an additional seven to, I don't know, $13 that you're gonna have to spend just to send a letter telling a patient in 60 days, we're gonna try to collect from you. Um, and so that certainly has altered the terrain in Nevada healthcare collections. And then in New York, the governor just signed legislation that's focused on liens and garnishments of consumer medical debt. So um, these are just three examples of changes in state law. So if you weren't keeping track, there's state law, there's federal law, and in some instances, there's municipal or local regional laws that apply to debt collection. Um, so just very important to be working with an agency that is up to date and keeping you as a provider up to date on changes in debt collection law. And with that, I will pass it to Christina. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Michelle. So a number of things that I think, um, you know, are important to look for in an agency and it's important to know that whether it's IC system or another partner that that you're you're looking at these things first. What do they provide? Um, do they provide services that will help you collect over the lifetime of the account? Is it just a letter service that they're providing? Are they doing outreach efforts um, via phone? And uh, really, what are you signing up for them to do on your behalf? Is their work effort transparent? I think in any good vendor relationship, there needs to be a level of transparency simply because your agency or another vendor that you may be working with, they are an extension of you and they're representing you in the community. I believe that they should be providing tools for you to see what's happening with the accounts, um, what collector notes are, what complaints that they are generating. You have a right to see that information because again, any agency partner is an extension of your office and has the opportunity to um, help you with your community reputation. What do the patients think about how you are interacting with them? Does your agency survey them? Uh, at IC System, it is mandatory that every contact we have with the patient ends with a survey, asking them how their experience was and if they felt like they were treated professionally, if we were able to help them resolve the account. And it's interesting when we when we look at who's responding to the surveys, you would think it would be simply people that pay their bill and actually it's not. A lot of times there may be insurance questions or questions about financial assistance applications that our representatives need to walk through that patient with. But again, sometimes working with a, with a good partner, especially in collections, doesn't always mean cash is collected, but that the account gets resolved and there's a number of ways that that can happen. I think you need to take a, a really good look at what the standing is with the Better Business Bureau. Um, you know, it, it isn't uncommon to generate complaints in the collection space. I, I would question if there was never a complaint generated, but I think the more important thing is how do they respond and what action do they take when a complaint is generated so that coaching can be provided, um, we can identify new areas of training that we might need based on current industry happenings, um, and that, that rating or that standing with the BBB is a good indicator of how an agency is responding to those things. And then finally, do they have a healthy culture? And I think it's important that you're partnering with somebody who has an engaged workplace, who is providing back to the employee community, who encourages volunteerism within their communities, simply because we understand that the more engaged and respected employees feel and the more that they have a chance to provide feedback to the organization and are really a part of things, the better they perform at the end of the day and the more just they are tied to doing a good job on, on behalf of the clients. Being nationally licensed is is critical in this day and age. And Michelle mentioned just a few moments ago about some of the state legislation that's popping up. I think it's important to understand that the state legislation can follow the patient where they live. It's not always where services are provided that that have to be 
considered when you're collecting. It, it's where the patient is living now and what laws govern the state of where that patient lives. Um, this infographic is, is a demonstration of a client who's based in the Atlanta area where that red star is, the blue dots are where those patients now reside. And we know we have a pretty uh, migratory population, whether it be snowbirds that move south, if it is military families who move all around the country, college students that um, choose to go to school far from home. And based on some of the studies that we've done and that we've read, that lead us to take a really hard look at this, we find that 14% of our population moves every year. That's a pretty significant number. And if you're working with an agency that isn't nationally licensed in all states, you may not be able to follow up with that patient to help them resolve the account that, that they've placed in collections. I think, you know, in partnering with an agency, you need to understand the quality controls that they have in place. Um, IC System, as, as Michelle mentioned, does a great job with quality and with audits and with compliance. Um, and that's really all under the guidance of, of Michelle. She's been a wonderful um, part of ensuring that we are on top of all of the laws and the regulations. And there's a number of ways that we do this. And I would encourage you to take a look at any agency partner to see that they have the same. Um, you know, we have an internal audit program where they are independent from operations and they simply make sure that we are following all of the regulations and, and laws as we need to. Our compliance department, again, re remains separate from operations. I think it's important to have that check and balance in place just so that there's an, an independent review of, of how we're performing our jobs and, and what we need to do to change things to be compliant with all of the never-ending um, laws and regulations and that, that we're faced with. Full-time compliance officer and on-site general counsel, I think it's really important that those resources are available at the agency level to answer questions that come up and address things very quickly. Uh, does your agency record all of their phone calls? Um, in our case, yes, we do. We record 100% of the phone calls that we have with your patients. And we have an independent call quality team where it is their job just to monitor and listen to phone calls to ensure that we are compliant, that we're representing our providers in their communities well, and that we're helping patients find resolution to the account. We also maintain a separate consumer affairs department where they do nothing but handle complaints all day long. And that can be either through the 800 number that we've established. We give patients the opportunity to go online and submit a concern about the account. And of course, patients will, will write to us. I think providing all of those options to a patient to air their grievances about their account and, and how they feel it needs to be resolved are important. Consumers want options and it's really important that they have those to communicate in the way that makes them feel most comfortable. By having the separate consumer affairs department, that's all they work on. It's all they do is those escalated complaints all day long. They are escort experts in de-escalating situations and, and really dealing with some, some things that can get incredibly muddy. I think we're all aware here in the medical world that it's complicated with their party reimbursements and, and helping that patient understand their out-of-pocket portion or determining maybe something does need to be relooked at with the insurance can be tough. And we want to be able to have those channels where patients can provide that feedback. So again, we can find resolution to the account. And then Michelle already mentioned this, you know, how does your agency demonstrate compliance with what I call the alphabet soup of the laws and regulations that we're faced with? There's a number of them there, but Michelle indicated that we twice a year, it doesn't matter who you are, but you are tested on your knowledge of these, these regulations and it's a, a requirement to remain an employee of IC systems simply because we do believe that it is such an important part of our business to not only keep us out of trouble, but also keep you out of trouble and maintain the, the community image that you have with your patient base. Data security, we've all seen the headlines where healthcare data sets are, are under attack right now in the cyber world. Um, I'm proud to say we've got some really great processes and, and technology in place where we have been um, audited more times than I can count, at least 50 annual audits. We have clients that audit us very regularly. We are certified to store and collect consumer data um, with confidentiality. 
We have over 100 different security and compliance management controls. We are SOC 1 and SOC 2 Type 2 certified. We have our PSI DSS 3.2 certification where um, you'll hear PSI, or excuse me, PCI a lot when it comes to taking payments, but um, we've gone above and beyond and to make sure that all consumer data is secure, not just payment data. We're HIPAA and high tech compliant. We audit ourselves and are audited by others for compliance with the reg, red flag rules and the GLBA safeguard rules. It talks about shredding and clean desk policies. Um, you know, one of the things that we've implemented is a paperless environment on our call center floor. There's no pen, there's no paper. Um, it, it's really amazing what technology has been able to do to get us there, but it's just one more step that we've added to ensure we can't write things down um, in our call center for that, that level of security that we're looking for. I guess, Christina, I'll just kind of hop in on the security. You know, prior to the pandemic, we had um, started a secure payment capture process. And so what that means is when we are talking to your patient and they indicate that they want to make payment using a card, our system is designed to cut the call from the rep and it transfers over into a confidential um, payment portal where the consumer enters their card information privately. The rep can't hear it. Um, that's captured and tokenized and sent to our payment processor. And then um, once the payment is completed and the information is obtained, the call is directed back to the rep. And so that was really a key piece of our key product, I guess, during the pandemic. We were able during the pandemic to deploy our entire company of 505 people within, I think, 48 hours. And so we all remember March 19th, I think, was the Thursday. Between March 19th, um, that Thursday, actually the 20th, that Friday, and then the following Monday, we went from being an 81-year-old call center to being entirely remote, and our collections didn't miss a beat. And so on Monday, we had all of a sudden these reps who had never worked remotely were at home and using our payment system, using their computers, and were able to just pick right back up and resume collections. And we knew it was secure and private because of our secure payment um, capture product. And so that just came to mind listening to Christina talk about privacy. Um, there are times when we deploy security and privacy measures because um, you know, we have to uh, we're by governance or PCI audits or whatever, but th the secure payment capture, I think, and the um, CSAT survey, those are just examples of IC using products, using technology to try to make the collection process better for IC system, for our clients, and certainly for patients and consumers. So, you know, we, we talk a lot about security and innovation at IC, but there are many examples of putting that into practice to making that in order to make the collection process better. So sorry, Christine, I didn't mean to jump in, but I, I, I always like kind of bragging about that. No, excellent jump in. Thank you, Michelle. And then with that, I see we've got one question out here um, that you mentioned BBB ratings. What is IC systems rating with the BBB? And Michelle, I know this has been a project near and dear to your heart um, working with them. Do you want to update us on what that rating currently is? Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to. We are currently in A+. Um, there was a period of time where our rating dipped temporarily, and so we really got together with the BBB to understand their complaint process and our complaint handling, um, just to ensure that you know our rating re reflected the type of consumer services that we're providing. So we're very proud of our A plus rating. I actually sit on Minnesota's BBB board of directors um, and on its governance committee. And so we, we put a lot of time and effort into the BBB just to make sure that you know we're handling consumer, we're addressing consumer and patient inquiries and complaints and really making sure that our reputation in the community is A plus and it is, so that's great. Fantastic. Yeah, so I think maybe there was one other question in the chat about some 
five-year-old debt that was on an old system. And um, lawyers are famous for giving the it depends answer. And so I apologize. I know it's frustrating. But um, in this case, it's true. I would say if you have questions about old debt, old debt, you know, you're going to run into once you hit seven years, you're going to hit that um, period of time where you can no longer credit report. You can only credit report for seven years. So you're going to have some credit reporting issues. Depending on the state that you're in, you might have some statute of limitations issues or at least some language that needs to be added to your collection letters in order to collect the debt. Um, so I, I think the it depends is probably the best answer, but I would encourage you to reach out to IC systems and um, you know explore collections a little bit more. And you know if not IC system, another agency, but um, certainly don't be shy, reach out and we're happy to kind of look at your inventory and give you a recommendation on whether or not collections is the right avenue to pursue. Thanks, Michelle. And it looks like we had another one come in that, what have we learned about the debt collection processes now that we are working in a remote environment? And I think uh, I'll, I'll answer first. For me, it's it's technology is your friend. Um, you know, we, we invested so heavily in technology before we were remote and in our security processes, as you mentioned, especially with that secure payment capture, that uh, it, it was an easy pivot for us, as, as you already mentioned, um, but without having strong compliance systems in place and strong technologies that are secure in place, I'm not sure we could have pulled it off the way we did. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, up until last year in the state of Minnesota, and we're, Minnesota is where IC System is headquartered. We also have a branch office in Wisconsin. But um, because we are a Minnesota company, we were not allowed to have collectors working remotely. And during the pandemic, the state of Minnesota gave us a reprieve and said, you can send people home. Um, because of course we wanted to keep people working. So we were allowed to try out remote collections during the pandemic for the first time in our company's history. And um, the great, what we learned, the surprise finding, I guess I would say, is that our collection productivity was just as strong with remote agents as it ever was with on-site agents. And I, you know, I wasn't really sure how that would work. I, I wasn't sure would agents go home and continue to make all the calls and take all the calls, and they did. Um, our productivity actually increased with having remote agents. So um, because of our technology and our products, we were able to collect securely. Um, but now we can also offer the flexibility to our reps to work in the office or remote or um, hybrid. So it, it's really been great for our clients. It's been great for consumers, and it's been really good for our people. So surprisingly, I think we're as good, if not better, with remote collections. I, I would agree. Um, so there's, let's see. Ahead. No, I was just gonna say there's one here. What's the longest you can collect related to certain insurances? And and again, um, probably not the best answer, but it's gonna be, it depends, right? It depends on what your insurance contracts look like. It depends on your state statute of limitations. It's something that has to be evaluated on a, on a case by case basis, just based on all of the regulations and, and contracting rules that are out there. Yeah, and I, I there's another question, what are your fees? Again, it's going to depend on the type of collection services that you're looking for. So we have products now where, um, you know, an e-commerce product where you can just upload your accounts right online on our website. And um, that fee structure is slightly different. We've got products where um, you can get a letter only collection service. Um, and it really, there's a lot of options on pricing. And so I would just encourage you to reach out to IC system and talk to a sales rep about pricing and finding the right product for you. Um, again, if you want straight contingency, no out of pocket expense, you just place the debts and, you know, hopefully we're successful and we return the, um, collections to you. That's an option. There's, um, other, there's just many different ways you can do it. So I'm sure just contact an IC rep and we can find a product that fits for your business. And then I see there's just one more question here. How do you stay up to date with legal changes? Oh my gosh, it takes an entire village. I, Christina keeps me on my toes. She's always bringing me, um, legislation from California or different States proposed legislation. My clients are asking about this. 
Um, I hear it from our reps. I hear it from consumer affairs. I do a lot of reading. I'm a member of a lot of industry trade associations, um, both on governance committees and just you know a, a member. But I'm also a member of bar associations and a practicing lawyer. So there's a lot of ways to get the information. Um, ACA is our trade industry that a lot of um, debt collection agencies are members of. It's a great resource. Um, I, I would say it's just really staying on top of a number of different resources um, because, you know, healthcare, we, we get, Christina um, is very active in AHAM um, and I'll let her talk about that a little bit more, but, you know, she's a valuable resource in terms of healthcare collections. Um, other, we collect in other markets and I get updates from them. So it's kind of all over the board. Christina, do you want to talk about your AHAM involvement just a little bit? Yeah, so in addition to everything that you're involved with, Michelle, um, I'm pretty involved in AHAM. I'm the current Minnesota vice president uh, for our chapter. And it's through the associations like AHAM, the Administrative Association of Administrative Healthcare Management, it's HFMA, um, Healthcare Financial Management Association, it's MGMA, the Medical Group Management Association. Uh, where if you're not active in those groups and have attendees and are going to the meetings, I, th I think you have the opportunity to miss out on what the providers like yourselves are facing. And, and so for me, it's important that we are involved in those organizations, not just as attendees, but also as, as thought leadership and how do we partner with our healthcare communities to ensure that together we're all compliant with, with everything that we're facing. Um, it's also important for, for me to to stay involved. I came from healthcare before I joined IC, um, where I used to work for a hospital and clinic managing private pay receivables. And it was important that I have an avenue to stay current with, with industry trends um, as a, now I'm supporting the industry versus being a part of it. Um, even to that degree, there's a number of other management. My entire team is certified in healthcare revenue cycle. And, and it's just one more way for us to keep our pulse on, on what you're facing and, and to be a good partner to you. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We certainly, you know, if there's feedback on future presentations, please let us know. Please reach out to anyone at IC System with additional questions, uh, you know, especially about fees and pricing and old debt. We're happy to take a look at your inventory and give you some recommendations. And maybe it's not placing debts with IC System for collection. You know, we'll give you that advice too. Um, but thank you for your time today and hopefully we'll be able to uh, present with you again in the future.